The hour of devastation is upon us. That's right, everybody. Look at your house, because in a second, Nicol Bolas might have taken it away from you. Make sure you hug every teacup you own, because soon they'll be smashed to smithereens by the fiery claws of Dr. Bolas. If you have any popsicles, eat them now, because there's no way those suckers are withstanding some fiery, fiery dragon breath. If you have a shower, use it before the last thing you can bathe in is a rain of fire. That's right, everybody. We're here to talk to you about Hour of Devastation and all of the sick mechanics and card interactions that might come up at this pre-release. That's right. This weekend, hit your local game store to play with Hour of Devastation cards for the very first time. If you don't, you'll be able to later. But it might not be as fun. That's right. Don't you want to be at the forefront? Of cards? Just, no, just in general. Oh, in general. Don't you want to be at the forefront? Question mark. (laughs) Well, we're here to help you out because this is Magic the Amateuring's famous Judge Rob New Mechanics and Abilities and Cards episode. But... Before you get to hear that sweet stuff, we have some other sweet stuff we're going to say to sweet people who help make this sweet show happen. And most of those sweet people are you, your very selves, the listeners of this podcast. Thank you so much. That's right. We honestly cannot thank you enough. We just sent out a huge Patreon mailing, and every time that I do that, I like... I, like, get choked up looking at the people who uh, are helping make the show possible. Because if you're listening to it, don't you think it's worth at least a dollar? And if you don't, that's weird. (laughs) I'll be honest, if you don't, that's weird. Uh, If... If you can, please consider supporting us because, like Megan said, it keeps the show running and lets us be able to expand and do more for you. And we're going to continue to do more and more for you with your support, of course. That's right. More like what? Like our videos over at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mtacast. Uh, you can see new episodes of My Roommate is a Planeswalker, new deck techs, uh, different magic PSAs that maybe you need to hear them. Maybe you know someone who needs to hear them. Yeah, we posted a video that you might want to forward to your friend who likes to build, let's call them interesting decks at a pre-release. Mm-hmm. It is the worst rares to play in your pre-release sealed deck. Uh, YouTube.com slash MTACast. Go there, check it out, because um, it's separate from this episode. So yes. it's the only place you can find it on the YouTube-ness. Also, thank you so much to our sponsor, CardKingdom.com slash MTACast. Are you ready to get into Hour of Devastation? You can get boosters from them. Yes. You can get entire booster boxes. You can get all the singles you need. Their mail is incredibly fast. It's so fast. The one time I ordered stuff from them, and honestly, I didn't give myself as much time as I should have (laughs) for the cards that I needed to arrive. But do you know what? They were there for me. They were there. They were. And they're so very nice as well. We always get compliments from people about how great Card Kingdom is, and we couldn't agree more. So thank you to them. Cardkingdom.com slash MTACast is a link to use to let them know you support our show and their support of us. Well, strap yourself in, kiddos and kidettes, because we've got some updates and information that you need to use. It's the news you can use. Yep, and it's coming at your face. 
time to talk rules, interactions, and new cards from Hour of Devastation, so let's but welcome... Maria, we what? can't do that on our own. No, we can't. So you were going to say... Let's welcome Judge Rob. Hi, Judge oh, Rob. Hi. Welcome. He we is, didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, didn't or see you there. You. Yeah, absolutely. Judge Rob has been go. with us uh, for a place. long time, uh, coming and, and giving us the lowdown on new sets yep. and stemming rules problems, nipping them in the bud, the, cord- the regional coordinator of the USA North region. Yep. So he's kind of a big deal, everybody. Just FYI. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Uh, I love being on the show. So it's one of the highlights of my my new set release really? schedule. Yep. Aww. Are you just are you yanking our legs? No. I, it's it's way better than editing the uh, pre-release hope for a leaflet that we build out. Oh, okay. You can <laughs> stop yanking my legs. <laughs> So we usually start with the new mechanics first. So we're going to go through our mechanics and then we're going to talk about specific cards that could trip you up at the pre-release. And then we've got questions from you out there in listener land. So Rob, hit us with your best shot. Copyright, Joan Jett. What uh, (laughs) what mechanic do you want to start with? So I want to start with Eternalize, which is the big complicated new mechanic in the set. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, It's basically super embalm. Uh, we could call it Mega Embalm. Mega Embalm. <laughs> to yeah, reference Mega-imbalm. an old Mega- mechanic Megamorph. A poorly named mechanic Megamorph. <laughs> so uh, Eternalize is really, really similar to Embalm. It's an activated ability. It works in the graveyard. You pay some cost. You exile the creature card from your graveyard, and you get a token copy of it. Uh, with Embalm, you got a white zombie. Now you get a black zombie, like nature intended. <laughs> and your creature is a 4-4 now instead of whatever its size was before. It adds zombie to its previous types. So if you look at a card like Champion of Wits, who's a 2-1 for blue and 2. It's a creature Naga wizard. And it has it has an ability we'll talk about in a second, but it also has Eternalized Blue Blue 5. Um, blue Blue 5, exile this card from your graveyard, create a token that's a copy of it, except that it's a 4-4 black zombie Naga wizard with no mana cost. Eternalize only is a sorcery. Um, Eternalize wipes up the mana cost for things that care about converted mana cost. Um, Champion of Wits and all the other Eternalized creatures get better when they're bigger. So Champion of Wits says, when Champion of Wits enters the battlefield, you may draw cards equal to its power. If you do, discard two cards. So you, the first time with Champion, because it's a 2-1, you'll draw two, then discard two. And then when you Eternalize it, you'll draw four, discard two. Which is a, Seems a little good. Bit better, Seems right? good. I mean, Seems you're great. On board with, <laughs> I'm on board with this. Yes, the Champion of Wits is one of the more appealing rares to me in the set, as far as, like, the amount of cards that it's worth. And uh, Eternalize, in a lot of ways, when you look at Eternalize, you can just think, I'm drawing another copy of this, but better later. Yeah. And it's going to check, so Eternalize sometimes checks, for instance, on its power, how many cards you're going to discard and draw once it's resolved and on the battlefield. Yep. Mm -hmm. And note that those triggers are based on its power at the time the trigger resolves. And so if you Eternalize a champion of what's on the battlefield and your opponent, say, gives it some minus one, minus one counters... Uh, in response to the trigger, they can make you draw less cards okay. with Champion oh, of okay. Wits. Um, but note that it's a May, so if you cast a Champion of Wits normally enters the battlefield, you have the trigger go in the stack, and they give it minus two, minus two, well, you just elect not to draw any cards. Yeah, so you, draw, you don't discard right. any cards. You'd be like, I don't want to draw anything. They're like, okay, that's fine. You drew zero, otherwise your option would be draw zero, discard two. Which you might want to do. There's a bunch of stuff that's better in the graveyard in this set. But... Probably not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chances are. There, there's also two cards that look a lot like Eternalize, but don't have Eternalize. Uh, the Scarab God and Hour of Eternity. Um, so the Scarab God does a bunch of stuff, but 
The thing that's important for this is a blue-black to exile target creature card from a graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it, except that it's also a 4-4, or except that it's a 4-4 black zombie. Sure. Um, that leaves the mana cost. Eternalized whips at the mana cost. Scarab God does not. He, you create a token with a mana cost. And he, what he does do is he wipes out whatever types it had. So I mentioned Champion of what stays in Naga Wizard when it comes back. Well, Scarab God, if he, like, fake eternalizes the Champion of Wits, it doesn't stay in Naga Wizard. It's just a zombie. Fake eternalized it was. It's identity. Yeah, yeah it, it's like, sorry, I'm not a Naga anymore. The, the Scarab God brought me back from the dead, and I don't remember what I was. I'm Whoa. just a zombie. <laughs> That's but, creepy. Okay, if the Scarab God, say, did its fake thing to Champion of Wits, would you still mm-hmm. draw? Okay. You'd still do the trigger. Um, it's it's a copy of Champion of Wits. It has all the text okay. from Champion of Wits. And that's the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except it's just also. Yep. Champion of Wits just happens... Just Yeah. Champion of Wits happens to keep its type, which is relevant for a handful of stuff that cares about types in this set. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Hour of Eternity is the same thing, where it it fake eternalizes stuff, that and it wipes out types and leaves the mana cost. Okay. Um, okay. 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 Um, the Scarab God is part of a cycle of gods, and I want to touch on him because we've got him up here, and I, I want to talk. I about mean, him. I wouldn't touch on him if I was you. Well, yeah, no, sure, I don't. It's I, all I, well, I'm touching on. Maybe I'll touch him, but he won't touch me. Won't let him. Ooh. Uh, so he's a five-five for black, blue, three, a legendary creature god. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life, and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Then he does the reanimation thing where he ma- he fake eternalizes. And then he has, when the Scarab God dies, return it to its owner's hand at the, begin- at the beginning of the next end step. And so note that there's one end step every turn. Mm-hmm. And if he dies either during, if he dies during an end step, he'll wait till the next turn to come back. Yeah. Okay. Um, because he waits to the next time an end step actually happens. Okay. And it's possible for a turn to not have an end step very rarely, which I wouldn't touch on except that there's actually a card in Ammon kept that skips over the end step. Like glorious, yeah, glorious end. end. Yep. So you can you can jump over the end step with that. The scary battle still will just wait till the next time an end step happens to trigger. Gotcha. Okay. So um if I if I have a scarab god die and then you glorious end sometime later in the turn, skip the over the end step, he'll come back at the next turn. Oh, okay, okay. Um so, makes sense. And there's a cycle of these gods that have the trigger condition. There's the scarab god, the locust god, and the Scorpion God. God. Yeah. You were you were bemoaning before we started this this show the fact that there was not a sheep god, Rob. Yeah, I I'm kind of sad. If you're gonna make animal headed gods, sheep seems kind of iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just doesn't seem very badass. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Have you ever like seen a sheep? <laughs> well, Look, I personally am terrified of sheep, but I acknowledge the fact be. that it is an irrational fear because they can't, they wouldn't hurt me. Well, if if they right. wanted a a wool making animal that terrifies people, they could pick llamas. Llamas are mean. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, they, they tend to put one llama with a flock of sheep because the llama because if you put a bunch of llamas together, then they get ultra like clicky and territorial. But if you say, if a wolf tries to attack a sheep herd with a llama in it, the llama will kick the wolf to death. What? what? Like kick it to death? Yes, if you wow. if you Brutal. and then and then stomp the corpse over and over until it's flattened. Like llamas are mean. <laughs> That's appalling. <laughs> wow, llamas. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. The so, more you know. Yeah. The, <laughs> you learn things every day. Yeah. You know what? Day. You really do. Yeah. Uh, so afflict is the other thing I want to talk about, which is the the other new new thing. Uh, 
So Afflict says, uh, whenever this creature becomes blocked, defending player loses some amount of life where that number is its Afflict number. And basically it says, if you block me, you still get punched. Yes. And sometimes you get punched for more. Uh, Wildfire Eternal is a 1-4 for red and 3 with Afflict 4. If you block it, you take 4. If you don't block it, you only take 1. But Wildfire Eternal says, whenever Wildfire Eternal attacks and isn't blocked... You may cast an instant or sorcery card from your hand without paying its mana cost. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes. Yeah. It could net you quite a pile of mana. There's a lot of expensive spells hanging around at Amonkhet Limited. Yeah. Um, there's also Neheb the Internal, which is a 4-6 for red, red, and 3. Uh, he's a legendary creature, zombie, minotaur, warrior. I call this out because he the, the afflict creatures are mono-red zombies. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, look at him. Well, there's like a there's a black one also. Yeah, but a bunch of there's a bunch. Oh, there's all, a bunch it, of mono yeah, red all, zombies. But all the afflict creatures are mono colored. Gotcha. And they're all zombies. Gotcha. Oh, so, I didn't notice that. That's yeah, interesting. it's really weird. Also, he has tiny, tiny text in his type line. Yeah, <laughs> 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 really squeeze that yeah. one in there. Legendary creatures, zombie, minotaur, warrior, jackal, jackal, healer, fighter, ninja. Yeah, they all have a pile of types: zombie, jackal, cleric for wildfire eternal. Like, let's, yeah. just, let's just jam some words on that type line. Can I ask a question quickly? Yeah. How what is a how is a jackal a cleric? <laughs> well, it just the, doesn't seem like a type of employment. Be anything. Yeah, how can a cat I, be a cleric? Look, I feel like a cat cleric make. <laughs> Uh-huh. Jackals uh-huh. are, they're just, they, they want to run and catch a ball. Don't you put this jackal in a box. <laughs> Don't you tell it what it can and cannot be. And that was how does, Jack in the Box jackal, yeah. was invented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about Neb's other ability. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, add red to your mana pool for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. And so he gets it from his afflict, but he also gets it from combat damage that gets dealt. Because uh, damage oftentimes causes people to lose life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's Wait, a, what? That's a fact. Infect damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely damage that doesn't yeah. cause loss of life. Yeah. So the, the beginning of your uh, post-combat main phase is just main phase two, right? Yeah, main phase yes. two. Okay. It's because they... they that's how they spell out which main phase is which, because they don't, they, they don't say... Pre-combat and post-combat, that's yeah, how they, they say Yeah, they don't say your second main phase because... It, it, you could have four main phases. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so he really just means the next time you have a main phase, that's after our combat. Stuff. Got it. Which, yeah. Um, I would say every time I look at this card, like this art is, like Neheb looks like a badass. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Both of those are, just I love like, Wildfowl yeah. Eternal too. Yeah. Um, yeah, the art that, on both of them is really great. Yeah. Um, Wildfire Eternal's mags, which is great. She did, a, she did an awesome job in that piece like she does usually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Afflict seems fairly straightforward yeah. to me. Yeah, they, my other comment is, if you're playing two at a giant, which is going to happen at the pre-release, it only hits one opponent. So you pick which which player loses the life. So um, it's a one instance, essentially, yeah. of life loss. Yeah, so, so it's not like eight. It, so so Neheb, who's Afflict three, doesn't six them if they right. decide to block. Yeah, He'll and three the same case for double blocking, for instance. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, if it's blocked... Just yes. blocked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just binary. Did I get blocked or not? If sure. I got blocked, then I three. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and if you have two instances of afflict, they're two separate triggers, which wouldn't matter except there's a rare in the set that we'll talk about that can counter triggered abilities. Okay. So yeah. you could counter one of the afflict, but not the other. So if Wildfire Eternal has afflict four and afflict one, then you can counter the afflict four and the afflict one will still happen separately. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. Uh 
The other new thing is exert on activated abilities. Yes, oh. a new exert. Yes, mm. it's, it's super exciting actually. So uh, if you remember exert, exert, uh, exert makes you not untap after you attacked. Basically, you yeah. chose you get to, did you exert this thing as you attacked? Now you choose to exert as a cost for an activated ability. Uh, so Pride Sovereign is fairly straightforward. He's a two-two for green and two. White tap and exert Pride Sovereign. Uh, create two one-one white cat creature tokens with lifelink. Oh, that's so cute. He's <laughs> yes, I, I read him and I said he's a mugging. <laughs> like I cannot imagine attacking into a Pride Sovereign ever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because uh, he gets plus one plus one for each other cats. So you can block with Pride Sovereign, make two cats, and get plus two plus two. Yeah, uh, which is some good. <laughs> some amount of good for yeah, sure it's an amount of good yeah <laughs> pretty good and our preview card so we're yeah. biased yes yeah. and a cat yep <laughs> cat tribal <laughs> the second most exciting tribal in this set after horse tribal oh yes. horse tribal <laughs> oh, God. don't we horse. all don't we all just want horse tribal I, I assume that people are just going to call the, the horse shadow facts right they could Aww. they certainly could it's the king of horses and yeah. Nightmare, you could make a Nightmare plus this new horse in the deck. Yeah. I love it. It's like the... Maria's going to make an, a horse tribal EDH deck. <laughs> horse legendary horses. Oh, well. I'm sure. We'll just have someday. to pick some colors that will let us play. Yeah, we'll, we'll make horses. it happen. Look, we're making pick, horse tribal. You could pick tribal. a half horse. You could pick... Um, centaurs? Do centaurs yeah. count? Yeah, Iroh's got a victory as a centaur. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. All right, we're good then. All okay. Right. Um, but so exerting pride sovereign means that you want to tap in your next untap step. So you activated ability, and you can only activate him basically every other turn. Um, unlike with with exert on attacking, vigilance doesn't really help you that much. But untapping them does, and there's a lot of ways to untap creatures in, in between Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation. Um, I wanted to pick out Angel of Condemnation as an important exert creature as well. Um, it's a three three for white white two with flying and vigilance. Uh, white two tap. Exile another target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So you can flicker your creatures in order to, in order to reset them, or flicker your opponent's creatures to get them out of the way. Sure. Um, but for white to tap and exert Angel of Condemnation, exile another target creature until Angel of Condemnation leaves the battlefield. So this is going to be a beating. It eats your opponent's creatures repeatedly. Just kills them. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. Yum yum. The buffet's and open. But they can get it all back by killing your angel. Rude. Yep. <laughs> rude. She can oftentimes attack rude. and then use one of her abilities, which is quite good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other big thing that's going on is we care about deserts now. We cared a little bit about deserts before. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. you cared about I don't know deserts. about you all, but I spent my entire life just being like, deserts, screw those places. <laughs> I mean, Who cares? I mean, didn't you grow up? in an area that's yeah, kind basically. of a desert. Like, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have a bunch of cards that care about deserts being either on your, the battlefield under your control or in your graveyard. And to make that easier, there's a bunch of deserts with cycling in this set, which is sweet. There's a bunch of deserts that eat your other deserts in order to do relevant things. And Which is also classic desert behavior. Yeah. I mean, you know how many times you hear about one desert just eating another desert. Really yeah. is just often a misspelling of dessert. That's true. <laughs> Cannibal desserts wandering the, wandering the battlefield, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Oh, I ate this dessert. Oh, wait, it was a desert the whole oh, time. No! <laughs> oh, sandy tummy. Sandy tummy. Gross. <laughs> Weird. Both. 
Anyways. So there's a bunch of cards that care about deserts being in places. Wall of Forgotten Fairs is one of the interesting ones. It's an 04 for two colorless mana, or for two, yeah, for two color, two generic mana. Generic. Sorry. Thanks, Brain. Uh, it's a wall. It is a defender. Um, you tap it. Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs deals one damage to target player. Activate this ability only if you control a desert or there is a desert card in your graveyard. And activated abilities like this that care about the activation condition. If you remove the desert, if you exile it from the graveyard, uh, it doesn't matter if the ability has already been activated and is on the stack. You had the ability to activate it at the time it got activated. Gotcha. Um, there's also one guy that cares, instead of having or like Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs, has an and. Um, Ramunap Hydra. It's this weird Hydra buried in sand. Yeah, sand Hydra. Uh, it's also a snake Hydra because they wanted to wreck people's ability to determine which were snakes and which were Hydras. Yep. Uh, what is it? Eh, both, man. Yeah, whatever. We Aren't just... all Hydras snakes? No. I don't think Are that's all snakes Hydras? <laughs> that's definitely not definitely true. Not. Definitely not true. So, uh, I could definitely see them making hydras with different types of heads besides snakes. Yeah, sure, like a Cerebus, for example. Would you yeah. call yeah. that a dog hydra? Like, is a, is Cerebus <laughs> just a dog hydra? <laughs> but if you cut off one of Cerebus's heads, they don't grow back. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they oh, did, then he would be now. a dog hydra. Yeah. Or a hound hydra, because magic doesn't have dogs. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so, uh, Ramanib Hydra is a 3-3 three, three for green and 3. Uh, Vigilance, Reach, and Trample, which is already sweet. I play that card. Uh, a Ramanib Hydra gets plus one, plus one as long as you control a desert. Ramanib Hydra gets plus one, plus one as long as there's a desert card in your graveyard. Um, he's and. He can be a 5-5. Five, five. It's great. Snake. Snake. Uh, and that's the, that's the new mechanics. We've got cycling that's come back, which is the same as before. Gosh, um, you guys, I love cycling. Cycling is so, so good. So much. It makes me play cards that I wouldn't play, which is both good and bad. Yeah. So, um... I've just been playing some standard recently, and man, in standard, cycling is sick. So yeah. good. I'm gonna be. I'm for one. I'm going to miss cycling when it goes away. Yeah. And you know, I I wish that it could be evergreen and just pop up on cards every now and then. But I know it's not gonna happen. It's okay. I'm just okay. grieving. It's I'm gonna going be around for a while. It's gonna be around for a while. Okay. Yeah. Right. I I would also contend that cycling is sweet when it shows up a bunch in a set. And having, like, one or two random cycling cards isn't as exciting. Yeah. Because they they probably won't push them up very much. You notice how Scry, there aren't any exciting, super awesome Scry cards. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And so the, it's just like, eh, let's just throw it in, not a card here or there, randomly. Um, and just Scry one. Whatever. If you'd like to contribute to our cycling memorial, please send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> What? And Large we'll, enough to put a bicycle and in? And we'll just have it. <laughs> we'll just have it. <laughs> and then we'll all remember together. <laughs> all right, let's all talk right. about some specific cards from our devastation, yeah. Rob. Yeah. Stuff so, that's going to trip you up. Yeah. I want to talk, talk about one that people have been misreading a lot, that I've seen a lot of people have problems with. Torment of Hailfire. Okay. It's a sorcery for Black Black X. It says, repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. Uh, this is part of a vertical cycle of torments. There's there's three crazy torments. <laughs> a vertical cycle of torments. That's what I call high school. Just kidding. Like, as that's you got what taller, I call, you got that's more what, torments? That's what I call a ladder. <laughs> a ladder. <laughs> a really tall ladder. <laughs> You're afraid of heights. Yes, actually. You're afraid of a lot of things. 
heights <laughs> being con- wrongly convicted of a crime. That's a big one. Insects. Dams. Dams. Insects. Four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you never get wrongly convicted of a crime by a spider while you're on top of a ladder at a dam. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> the spider's like, it was her. <laughs> this little spider leg. She cues. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, anyways, what are people getting wrong with this? Hailfire. So what people have been saying is if you pick zero for X, you get one loop of it, which is wrong. No. Then it would say repeat this process zero times. Well, right. I guess that is confusing. Never mind. Right. It, it, because people people think repeat means you have to do something at least once. Sure. And so they, they read it and they go, well, of course, if you repeat the process zero times, you get one thing because you do the process and then you repeat it. It's like no, you get X. It's got to be at least one, right? And so you can you can cast it for zero, but it doesn't really do anything for you. It's yeah. just you know each opponent does nothing. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. Uh, and so it's it, if you pick one, they do it once. If you pick two, they do it twice. Okay. Um, I mean it's super awesome. So you probably just want to maximize it, dump all your mana into it, torment of hell them for five, and you don't make them angry. But yeah, I love this card. It's good, but that's yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. Well, it's just setting everything on fire like he does yeah. with purple fire. Purple fire. Purple fire. Purple fire. Mirage mirror. Mirage mirror. It's an artifact for three mana. Uh, for two mana, it becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. This card's Ooh. sweet. It's super sweet. It lets you pretend to be most things. Uh, the thing is that while you're pretending to be something, it's not a Mirage Mirror, and it doesn't have that ability anymore. So, so you can't be like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Swap it to something else. Yeah. You can't, you can't change it into a 2-2 attack and then change it to a 4-4 after they declare double honors. Gotcha. Which is the, the kind of relevant thing you'd love to do, but you you can't. You just become something. Yeah, that'd be way too confusing <laughs> well, and impossible to play against. Well, there's there's cards that behave kind of like that. Um what is the one? That's that? so funny. It can be a there, land. Like, there yeah. are ones that say, like, it becomes a copy with this ability. Yeah. If, it, if it's... Sure. A, it, it becomes a copy and gains this ability, uh, which is which is something... Um, Mizium Trends Reliquat. Wow, you really pulled that oh, one out. <laughs> Mizium Trans... What? Trans Relic... Reliquat? Oh, re- it really does say that. Transreliquat. Transreliquat. What? Which is the, the card that was similar to this in the past, um, which it can become copies of artifacts uh, temporarily and would wipe out its abilities, and then it would become a copy of target artifact and gain that ability. Um, so it could permanently copy something and then be able to change something else. Wow. Okay. That's it's a really weird good. card. I don't know if it's really good. I've played it actually a zero amount of times in EDH, and I copy a mana rock about two-thirds of the time. Okay, like, sure. Great. <laughs> what is it? Um, What do you want it to be? But you know what's really... If you had told me that you're like, you're like, I'm going to make up a card and two of them are going to be fake and one of them is going to be real, I would never have voted for Mizium Trans Reliquat as being a real card. <laughs> um, which is... Like... That's a made-up word, but not as many magic words are as made-up as you think. Yeah, that's yep, true. So, that's true. Um... So uh, I want to move on down. God Pharaoh's Faithful. Uh, God Pharaoh's Faithful is an 0-4 for single white. Whenever you cast a blue, black, or red spell, you gain a life, uh, which is sweet. Uh, it's one life per spell. Even if you cast in a cool bolus, the God Pharaoh, 
He's just one spell. Sure. He gets you one yeah. life, even though he's blue, black, and red. Gotcha. That would be oh. that'd be sick. one spell, yes. one life. Yes, yeah, one yeah. spell, one life. All right, she's um, still into bolus, I guess. Yep, she, yep, she's yeah. into bolus. Well, she's at six staff, so. Uh, life goes on. <laughs> Single green instant. You gain four life. If a creature died this turn, you gain eight life instead. Sorry, this <laughs> name of this card is so brutal. It's like my dad. Like something bad happens in my life. My cat got ran over by a card. Life goes on. Get over it. Gain life. Gain eight life. Stop crying. Well, I, <laughs> this is morbid, if you remember morbid, without the word morbid on it. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to comment nothing mechanically on this. I'm pretty sure that they're just eating these corpses. <laughs> Why? Why do you think they're eating it? She's Life just, goes on. She's just standing on it. <laughs> it isn't really cannibalism if you're eating a god. They might not even be eating a god. I don't know what they're eating, but they're just like, yeah, uh, we're going we're gonna to eat well tonight because somebody died. Wow. I don't know how you were inferring that from this card. Rob. That's what it says. If a creature died this turn, you gain eight life instead. Oh, you gain more I life. See. So the oh. gaining of life is the yeah. eating of the yeah. creatures. Yeah, no, that's straightforward. Oh, yeah. Feed okay. the clan, right? right? Feed the clan. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I like your note. Yes, they yeah. are cannibals. Yep. Uh, torment of venom, uh, which is the which is the common out of the vertical torment cycle. Uh, black, black, two for an instant. Put three minus one minus one counters on target creature. Its controller loses three life unless he or she sacrifices another non-land permanent or discards a card. Okay. Uh, so it has the same kind of thing as Torment of Hailfire. The big deal with this is if the creature isn't there where the spell goes to resolve, they're not going to get this. It, this effect isn't going to happen. Gotcha. So if they sacrifice it to something or they, they pick it up because they have the um, they have the Aftermath card that allows them to bounce any number of their creatures. Gotcha. Uh, if Torment of Venom... If its target isn't there when it goes to resolve, does none of its effect. Gotcha. So they can use that to dodge the... The sacrifice. The sacrifice, yep. And they have to sacrifice another, so they can't sacrifice the thing that you put the minus, minus three, three minus one minus one counters on. All right, so if the creature's gone when this tries to resolve, yep. none of it happens. Yep. Good to know. Uh, and, the, and the word another is important on there, because people will try to sacrifice the thing that you're counting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lethal Sting. Uh, black and two for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast it, put a minus one, minus one counter on a creature you control. Destroy a target creature. This card is sweet. You need a creature. Yeah. You also need to be able to put a minus one, minus one counter on something. Um, I mentioned this with um, a little bit later with Solemnity. But if you can't put counters on things, you can't pay the cost for this. Oh. Interesting. Wow. Yep. And so Solemnity stops you from being able to cast your lethal sting. Okay. That's cool. Yep. Or bad for you, yeah. <laughs> as the case may be. Uh, Tenacious Hunter is the probably the best crocodile since Emperor Crocodile. Well, that's that a amazing. bold statement, Rob. Bold uh, he statement. might be better than Emperor Crocodile. Oh my god! Wow, this croc is coming for that. Yes, emperorship. He's a four-four for green, green, and two uh, creature crocodile. As long as a creature has a minus one, minus one counter on it, Tenacious Hunter is vigilance and death touch. He does not care whose creature has that counter. Ooh. So he, Anybody. Yes. He, Anybody. He hunts down your opponent's creatures once they become weak. Or if one of your creatures becomes weak, he goes out and defends them because he's randomly as vigilance. So he's like, yeah, that's fine. That's flavor. <laughs> yeah. Megan's doing a great impression of this. If you guys aren't watching this on YouTube, you are missing out. Yeah. Great face. Uh, Someone's going to modify that card or alter it to have Tenacious D on it as the yeah. face of the crocodile. Well, there's already a Tenacious D card. You know that, right? Oh, Tenacious Dead? Yeah. Tenacious Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, has that, someone put Tenacious D's face on that guy? 
Probably. I I, so. I, I find it difficult to imagine yeah, that. Yeah, I can only yeah. assume. No, if you've thought of it, so has someone on the internet. That That's Accurate. mostly true. Yeah. Um, Ominous Sphinx. He's a 4-4 four, four for blue, blue, and three flying. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, target creature and opponent controls gets minus two, minus zero until end of turn. You choose which creature before you draw your card. Okay. Because you cycle, um, you pay the cost for cycling, discard the card, the activated ability of cycling goes in the stack, then Ominous Sphinx's trigger goes in the stack above it and targets a thing. So you don't know if the card that you draw is going to be relevant to that creature. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, this yep. at, at, at a pre-release at FNM, people will probably let you do this. If you're playing competitively, if you are at a PPTQ, a limited PPTQ coming up, um, you will probably miss this trigger if you cycle and then draw your card. Gotcha. Man, I certainly would. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that I would do that correctly. Yep. And that's why I'm making sure people know about it. This is why because, Rob is here. Yes. He actually should probably have the same reminder text that Chef at Monitor does. Chef at Monitor says you draw the card before you, before you search, or you search before yeah, you draw the you card. Yeah. Um, Ominous Sphinx should have that. Um, you choose this creature before you draw the card. Okay. Um, really, really should. Um, but he's a Sphinx, so he's allowed to, he's allowed to, you know. Be mysterious. Yeah. Have no reminder text to make you lose your triggers all the time. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the flavor um, of the Sphinx. Um, saving Grace. Uh, white and one enchantment aura with flash. Enchant creature you control. When Saving Grace enters the battlefield, all damage that will be dealt this turn to you and permanents you control is dealt to Enchanted Creature instead. Enchanted Creature gets plus up plus three. Okay. Uh, they, this card is really wacky and weird. It moves damage around. Takes all the damage. Like, Enchanted Creature's a Palisade Giant. No, over here. Yep. Um, and the, the thing is that it's just damage, not loss of life. So this is going to come up. You're going to say, uh, yeah, block those Afflict guys. In response to afflict saving grace would be like no right, you, you still lose yeah you lose some life gotcha because <laughs> it, it saving grace redirects only damage yeah not loss of life that makes sense okay uh, it doesn't redirect counters either minus one minus one counters are getting thrown out there but it will if you're playing in a weird universe it will redirect wither which then puts minus one minus one counters in your creature gotcha oh okay yes. because the wither is from damage it just changes how the damage works saving grace doesn't change the source of the damage okay makes sense um Solemnity, white and two enchantment. This is probably the coolest card in the set. Players can't get counters. Counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. I wish this card cost two. I, it might be too good at three. Yeah. Like, so Solemnity stops a whole lot of stuff. It stops things entering the battlefield with counters. Yep. So um, Arcbound Ravager enters the battlefield with, with a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah, Solemnity just stops nope. it. Um, it stops Dark Depths from entering the battlefield with counters. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I'm glad it's banned in Modern, because if it wasn't before, it would be now. Dark Depths would just not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought um, you meant this card, and I was like, it just came out. No, no, no. Dark, dark Depths was banned <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Modern for yeah. <laughs> We printed this card and also immediately also, banned it. But it never in Modern. <laughs> Well, no, that's, yes, no, that makes much more sense. That's happened once in the past. They, Has it? They, Memory jar? Uh, no, um, they released the Bandit Restricted update before Mind's Desire came out oh, in Scourge. Yeah. And they said, by the way, this is restricted in Legacy. <laughs> or restricted in Vintage Band in Legacy. Everybody's like, why? Somebody's like, so I built a Storm deck just to test it out. Mind's Desire was unreasonably good. That's interesting. Nice. Um, 
because it gives you a it gives you a random card off the top of your library. Storm. X times. Yeah. Storm times. Storm times. Storm times. <laughs> and so how many times? Storm times. That's, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I I wanted I selfishly wanted to cost two to help me out with against Chalice or whatever. But even oh. though it's probably too late by then, but you never know. It, well, two also means that they are more likely to be able to Chalice it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because, because like, right now they need to chalice for six to stop it. Or chalice X equals three for six mana. And Solemnity at three mana is difficult for non-Eldrazi Tron players to chalice. Yeah, you wanted to play Infect, guess what? You're just never playing it. I mean, but three is, is expensive in modern, so. Anyway, what's the message for Limited? Uh, the message for Limited is it stops cards with Lethal Sting. Uh, that have you tried to put counters in your own stuff? Uh, which is both good and bad. Uh, lethal thing you just can't cast um, if anybody has a solemnity because it stops it on both sides. And that's the other note is it stops everything on both sides from getting counters from now on, <laughs> which is very strange and just isn't going to change the way a lot of games play out, especially if one of the players is playing one of the minus one minus one counter decks right. that plays a lot of green creatures that put counters on themselves. Um, it doesn't remove counters that are already there. So if... If something has a counter and has for several turns, well, Solemnity says, you're fine. You've got it already. You got past the gatekeeper. But don't try it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got you got it this time, but. Yeah. That's going to be strange. Like, uh, if if you're like, I'm going to get him because I'm playing the minus one, minus one counter deck and I'm also running Solemnity. And then they're playing no. it too. And you're like, oh, whoops. Now we're just yeah. playing a normal game magic with overpowered creatures. <laughs> yeah. The four fours for two. Sure. Uh, got it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it doesn't stop the other part of effects, though. So, um, Torment of... How tor far? Torment of Venom. Oh, Venom. A torment of Venom puts three minus one minus one counters in a thing. Solemnity stops those counters. Yes. But it doesn't stop the rest of the effect. So they'll still sacrifice a different creature or... Um, okay. Or lose three life. Yeah. Or yeah. discard a card. Got it. They will, they will make that choice between those three terrible things. <clears throat> Um, Nimble yeah. Obstructionist. It's a 3-1 flash flying bird wizard for blue and two. People like this card. This card's great. Um, it is cycling for blue and two. And when you cycle Nimble Obstructionist, counter target activated or triggered ability you don't control. Uh, so this can counter all sorts of weird stuff. This is the card Stifle Withdraw card tacked onto it. And it counters anything that says when, whenever, or at. Um, Nimble Obstructionist is a trigger. When you cycle Nimble Obstructionist, triggered ability goes in the stack. Nice. So, like, if the gods are trying to come back to somebody's hand, yep. you can be like, no. Yeah, stay in there, Scorpion God. And because the the evil gods only come back once, that leaves them yep. in the graveyard forever. You stay in that graveyard. It also counters Eternal Lies, which is normally problematic to counter. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty relevant. Uh, nimble Obstructionist can also counter another Nimble Obstructionist. Nice. <laughs> uh, this is not likely to come up, but when it does come up, it'll be awesome. <laughs> I cycle my bird. I cycle my bird. Or like, oh, uh, crap. Oh, I cycle another bird. This will also counter Planeswalker abilities. So if your opponent has Bolas, plus his Bolas, is like, I want to wreck some of your stuff. You're just like, ah, my bird stops that. My turn. I want to attack bird. you with this bird. Bird. <laughs> bird in. I like this bird's pants or skirt situation. I'm not yeah. sure what it is. It's like bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I like this bird's bottoms that yeah. it's got going on. I get what you're saying. I'm pretty sure it's a skirt. Yeah, yeah it's a skirt. Yeah. It looks cute. Um, and 
note that uh, if you're playing Nimble Obstructionist in Standard, uh, Disallow will also do really similar things. So yeah. Disallow can counter the Nimble Obstructionist trigger so that you can save your own Planeswalker ability or something. Uh, overwhelming Splendor. You guys, I'm so happy that I helped bring this card into the world. <laughs> but judges everywhere are very sad. No, it's fine. The, 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 the reason that it's fine is because they already did it. Yeah, for but, humility. Yeah. Uh, overwhelming Splendor is an enchantment or a curse for white, white, and six. Enchant player. Creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Uh, enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. I'm actually going to start from the bottom on this. So loyalty abilities are planeswalker abilities, so they can still use the planeswalkers. Mana abilities are things that make mana. Uh, so lands tap for mana. Uh, and they're not things that cost mana. Things that cost mana are just normal activated abilities unless they make mana. Gotcha. Um, and so mana abilities are triggered abilities or activated abilities that make mana. Um, if you care about more detail than that, you can drill down. You can get weird into mana abilities. There's a bunch of like conditions on them. But they're, they're things that create mana. Uh, the other thing that Overwhelming Splendor does is a card Humility. And it just knocks down their creatures. Their creatures lose abilities, which doesn't actually do what you think it does. But in standard, it'll behave the way that you want it to. And it makes them have power tough, base power toughness 1-1. One, one, that basically takes the numbers in the lower right-hand corner and overwrites them with 1-1. One, one. So counters will apply on top of it. Um, Giant growth style effects, effects will apply on top of that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't wipe out things that came before. Right. Um, it just sets that number down in the lower right hand corner to one one. Um, assume that their creatures won't have any useful abilities, and that'll be fine and limited and standard too. Okay. But there are there's some weird things that can happen as a result of it. If you have questions about it, go look at rulings in humility. Uh, Nate Long has a great you know. Or has a couple great, you know, what does humility actually not apply to in a sensible fashion article. Okay. So. Yeah. Humility rulings. Look them up if you want a deep dive on some craziness. It's better now. Like, when when 6th edition first came out, the the layer system didn't exist, which caused some really weird things. And a lot of flat cakes. Yes. (laughs) Just they just—they couldn't make layers, so they just had to make them larger. <laughs> All right, this is your last one, Rob. Yep, my last one on my list is Oketra's Last Mercy. Uh, it's white, white, one sorcery. Your life total becomes equal to your starting life total. Lands you control don't untap during your next untap step. Uh, there's a cycle of these rares. They do this overexert thing that stops your lands from untapping. And that's any lands that you tap, not just the ones you tap for this spell. So you're basically trading away a turn of mana development in order to get whatever the effect is on this. Sure. Um, well, Ketra's Last Mercy says it says your starting your life total becomes your starting life total. This is usually twenty. Sometimes it's forty if you're playing EDH. Um, if you're playing two at a giant at the pre-release, that will be thirty, and it will set your team's life total to that okay. to that number thirty. This is gaining life. Um, or so this will life. count for for your horse. Yes, it it triggers the horse. <laughs> Um, unless you are at higher than your starting life total, in which case you are losing life to set your life total down. I actually really, really wish this said target player. I don't know why it doesn't. Uh, because then it would be an offensive spell in addition to being a defensive one. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's, it's relevant in EDH. Okay. Like, right now, this card doesn't do anything in EDH. It's just like, eh, gain 35 life or white, white, one, skip a turn. I guess I lose. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> Not that's great. Whole, yeah. And, but... 
if it could if it could hit people for damage, it'd be great because then people could go to you know three or six hundred life, which happens sometimes, and you're just like, get you. Oh yeah, go back to twenty. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, I that, that that's actually what I wish it did, but it doesn't. So regrets. I would say I pray to Oketra, but R.I.P. Man, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now we've got some questions from you out there in listener land for Judge Rob based on specific cards in the set from Twitter and Facebook. That's right. Yeah. Um, if I cast Hour of Glory on a token creature copy of a god and my opponent has copies of that god in their hand, do they discard them? Yes. Uh, so it cares about the the name of the thing on the battlefield. So if the token copy has a name, like it, got etern- like it was fake eternalized up, uh, which is going to be unusually weird. Yeah. Uh, then, yep, it'll look at the name. That was a god with a name. Um, oh, actually, fake eternalize won't work here. Fake eternalize overwrites the creature type with zombie. Gotcha. Um, so it won't be a god. It has to be. A, it has to be named. It has to have a name, and yeah. it has to have the type god. Gotcha. Which is very unlikely to come up. Uh, if you if it does come up, yep. If if you have a token copy that is both type god and name has a name. Then it'll look at their hand and match names. All right. Question wow. here from the FB. Um, if you were to cast Illusionist Stratagem on Bloodwater Entity, would that specific card of Illusionist Stratagem end up on the top of my deck after the ability stack clears? If you, By the way, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash mtacast. Come join the party. Look up Illusionist Stratagem so I have the text. Yeah, Bloodwater Entity is a really cool new card with super sick art that I think um, is going to make a bit of a splash. But here's Illusionist Stratagem, three in a blue, exile up to two target creatures you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control, draw a card, it's an instant. Yep. So it flickers them, they exile and they come back right away. Um, and then you draw a card and then Illusionist Stratagem goes to the graveyard. Then, after it's done resolving, triggered abilities go on the stack. Right. Uh, Bloodwater ent- Entity, the relevant text is, when Bloodwater Entity enters the battlefield, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your library. So, the... The Illusionist Stratagem has gone to the graveyard, Bloodwater Entity then comes back, and then it can return the, the Illusionist Stratagem to the top of the, the library. Okay. Sweet. Um, does Imminent Doom deal damage based on the number of counters on it, or the CMC of the card that triggers it? It's Imminent Doom, uh, so it's red and two enchantment. Imminent Doom enters the battlefield with a Doom counter on it. Whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost equal to the number of Doom counters on Imminent Doom, Imminent Doom deals that much damage. To target creature or player, then put a doom counter on imminent doom. Oh, so those so, two numbers are equal. <laughs> well, so here's the trick: if I have an imminent doom on the battlefield and say two instants that cost one mana in my hand, uh. I could cast one instant, put the trigger from imminent doom in the stack, and then cast the second instant. Right? Yes. Uh, the first trigger would resolve. Uh, you deal one damage. That one's easy. Then the second trigger, when it goes to resolve, it's uh, the question that they're asking is: it'll have two counters at the time that trigger uh, goes to resolve. Yes. Um, it'll it'll be based on the number that triggered it. That much damage is based on with converted mana cost equal to the number of Doom counters in Imminent Doom at the time gotcha. the trigger goes in the stack. So it gets locked in at the time that the trigger happens. So it'd still be it goes one. In the stack. It'd yep, be it'd one just still be one. one. We right. did a bunch of theory crafting actually in one of my ch- one of my judge chats. We were like, 
this would be a sweet deck if it worked the other way. We know it doesn't, but we're going to build the deck anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got a bunch of questions on Facebook. I just want to point out that they are not relevant to our Devastation. So maybe Rob can pop over there and answer some questions that yeah. aren't relevant. But, uh, yeah, we're go gonna, ahead and link me to it. We're yep. going to uh, skip over those now um, be- because we're specifically focusing on our Devastation. Yep. And the question is, what book are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> the book that I was reading here uh, is Terry Pratchett's A Slip of the Keyboard which is a recently compiled collection of a bunch of nonfiction things from him. Um, a lot of addresses that he made to cons, a lot of like things that he contributed to other shorter works, um, forwards to books, uh, just a lot of random stuff that he wrote little nonfiction snippets about things. Um, it's a companion to um, a... What is the other one? There's a companion where it's a bunch of his short fiction works. Okay. Um, which is... It contains turntables of the night, which if you haven't read it, you should probably read it. Excellent. It's a fantastic short story. Thank you, Ralph. Um. <laughs> the rest of you on Facebook, hold out because uh, we'll send them over there. It, yep. But uh, yep. our show, we're just going to concentrate on an hour. In yep. Limited, what happens if I cast Kefnet's last word and take control of an overwhelming splendor? Is it still attached to me? Yep, it's still attached to you. Um, and so you will control the aura. It's just like if you cast Kefnet's last word on an aura that's on your opponent's creature. Yeah. You'll control the aura, and it doesn't have enchanting creature you don't control. You could curse yourself with overwhelming splendor. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so you'll be cursed with your own overwhelming splendor. It'll be like, I okay. curse myself. <laughs> I mean, my overwhelming splendor is sometimes a curse. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, can I can I cast Threads of Disloyalty on a creature that has been eternalized? Uh, yes, because eternalized wipes up the mana cost. You gotcha. can't cast it on things that have been fake eternalized, like Scorpion God. Because it still has. Because those mana keep cost. the mana cost. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I have a Blood Moon in play, do my lands with the desert type lose that type? Uh, yes. Uh, so Blood Moon makes all non-basic lands into mountains. Uh, that wipes out all the other types. It doesn't say mountain in addition. It's just mountain. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked. Yeah. And so, yep, it wipes out deserts. It doesn't wipe them out in the graveyard because Bullet Moon only does stuff on the battlefield. But it'll it'll wipe out all the deserts in play and turn them into mountains. Sweet. Well, we covered most of the stuff that we hadn't already covered. Well, excellent. If you have a question for Judge Rob that was not asked on the show, how can they reach you, Rob? Uh, They can email me, robbit, R-O-B-B-I-T, at gmail.com is my email address. Or if you ask it in the the comments on the uh, YouTube video, I will swing by a couple times during this week and answer them. Uh, this weekend's going to be spotty because of pre-release, and also there's a regional coordinator conference. So You do your best, Rob. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> um, but, yep, the if you ask questions, I'll answer them there. Um, you'll link me to Facebook, and I'll, I will. I'll answer some questions there. Awesome. Oh, man, how sick is this art on Riddle Form? I oh, Riddle Form. It's like a sphinx made out of sand. So cool. The art Where's, in this set, A+. plus Or water. Yeah, that's ice. I, they they got Steve Argyle, so it's probably it's a riddle. It's made Who out of knows? riddles. It's made out of riddles. <laughs> what is your? But what is it made of? Riddles. riddles. Yeah. It's made of riddles. Alright everybody, it's time for cutest card and grossest card from our Devastation, one of the hallmarks of Magic the Amateuring. And let That's me tell right. you, this was a hard one. There's a lot of there's a lot of cute cards, but one stood out as a 
cuter uh, than anything else. Rob now is trying to get me to to choose Ruin Rat, which guess what, Rob is, is just Ruin Rat is pretty cute. It's not gonna okay. It's cute. It's cute. I I, I think Scrounger of Souls is also cute. It's what? I was gonna call leg. it horrifying. Long legs. Long no. creepy legs. Nope. Um, we've got to give a honorable mention to Adorned Pouncer because it's an adorable little cat wearing an yes. adorable little collar. Yes. Great collar. Great cute work. Little cat. Spiky collar. But there's no disputing in this set that the cutest card is one that many saw coming. It's the River Hoopoo. The Hoopoo! Hoopoo! River Hoopoo! Also, the instigator for one of, I think I would say, without a doubt, our best extra special patron oh, yeah, special. Absolutely. Which, uh, just so you know, if you're not a patron, you get access to extra special patron specials. All of them. Um, and. The most recent one, Maria and I looked up a bunch of bird calls, but then we tried to mimic what we thought the bird call would be before, yeah, before hearing we knew, it. Before we knew. Yeah. Did you do so. the Did you do the um, magnificent lyrebird? No. I mean, I think about the lyrebird all the time, Rob. At least once a week, I think of that bird. And I thought about doing it, but it just would do it injustice because the lyrebird yeah. can sound like anything. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Actual anything. Um, so if you want access to great content like that, which I do believe a patron said was worth the price of his patronage alone, <laughs> yes. that one extra special patron special. Anyway, Megan, grossest card. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a lot, lot of gross, gross stuff, stuff here. Uh, in the multicolored category, obelisk spider. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not, gross. Not running with it. Uh, lots of gross <laughs> things. Lots of gross things. But the grossest is by far, Moaning Wall. Ugh. Like, just, um, the art itself is just, like, pretty gross. It's very gross. And then when you get into concept of what's going on, it's just, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's terrible. It's the trifecta of grossest card. Beautiful. It's beautiful selection. Ugh. Hey, beautiful is probably the wrong adjective. It's probably <laughs> the wrong. Probably the wrong thing to say. I'm gonna give name of card in the set. Number one name to Lurching Rot Beast, by the way. What a great name. <laughs> lurching Rot Beast. Yeah, just just very visceral. Uh, yes. It's very onomatopoetic. Yes. Lurching Rot yes. Beast. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there. Congratulations to Moaning Wall and yeah. River Hoopoo. You really did it. You did it. <laughs> that's this episode thanks again to judge rob for coming on and helping us out as always and uh before we go we do have some business we um need to award our patreon prizes we're gonna do our drawing we did our drawing june for june so this is everybody who is a patron in june we drew from the whole of all patrons of all time any length of time uh you could have won this prize and the winner for our all-time prize which this month is going to be a bunch of packs we're just going to yep. throw a bunch of packs in there. We've got stickers. We've got uh, tokens uh, from Card Kingdom. They're, they're going to be in the prize package as well. Who knows? You're just going to get a lot of random good stuff. Yeah. And that person is Jeremy Gabber. Jeremy, thank you so much for your patronage, and you win that prize. Of course, our other prize is for somebody who has newly become a member of our Less Than 1% Club. That's right. And uh, this month, they are going to be getting um, a pair of rookie decks, also from Card Kingdom. These are super sweet. They're decks designed specifically for teaching new players uh so they're very simple um they're you know they're 
good decks and people ask us all the time what's the best way yeah um and maria and i still talk about that we had pre-built decks that we started learning mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. so they're super great for teaching new people so get on out there and teach someone to play magic so we'll send you these rookie decks as well as a play mat uh and this this winner is tyler booth tyler welcome to the less one percent club tyler booth and uh thank you for your patronage if you want a chance at winning any of this sweet stuff you know what to do go to patreon.com slash mtacast and sign up to support our show not only do you get a chance to win sweet things but you get to support something that brings you hopefully joy or at least a little chuckle in your uh chuckle pit, place in your pit of joy uh wherever that may be for you um so <laughs> thank you of course to them and of course card kingdom again my pit of joy in my basement <laughs> my pit of joy is a ball pit <laughs> Classic pit of joy, Rob. Yeah, classic, classic pit of joy. I, I, I don't feel the need to mix it up or make it too complicated. <laughs> no, that's very, very solid. Very solid. Uh, my pit of joy is the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, God. Ugh, just kidding. <laughs> I don't have a basement. <laughs> it's not true. I said. Suspiciously. Uh, thank you to Card Kingdom for being all of our pit of joy, collectively. Uh, <laughs> And stay tuned. Next week, uh, we've got pre-release action. We're going to go over what happened to us at our pre-releases, hopefully talk about our first draft of the format. Who knows? It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wonderful. Um, so, yeah, everybody, let's end this episode with the classic way we always end our episodes, a group slow motion high five. <laughs> I, know you're doing, I know you're doing the slow motion song, Megan, but it really sounds like Friday the 13th. <laughs> What is that song called? Um, do, 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 That's do, what I was doing. I know um, it was. The, uh, it Chariots called? of Fire. Chariots of Fire oh, and Friday yeah. the 13th. Somebody do that mashup because it just fit really well together right there. All right, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>